You're listening to Once, Episode 6, The Shepherd. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the podcast about ABC's Once Upon a Time po- and <laughs> Once Upon a Time's. <laughs> we should just start over. <laughs> no, I like seeing this. Continue the TV show. That's what we talk about. We're the podcast that talks about the TV show, not the TV show. The top. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. <laughs> I'm Jenny. I'm Jeremy Laughlin, and I'm Dan Flynn. And we are four friends who enjoy watching Once Upon a Time. All of us guys have seen Lost before. My wife, Jenny, has not seen Lost before. But don't worry, if you haven't seen Lost, then you won't be lost listening to us because we'll just mention some Lost references without giving away spoilers. And that's near the end of this. I'm lost. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got some cool things to share with you today about Once Upon a Time. And if you are just joining us and listening to us that you found us somewhere, please make sure that you subscribe to us by going to oncepodcast.com and click on one of the subscribe buttons on the website. That way you can get every episode automatically and for free, too. If you want to send us money, that, that would be totally acceptable, too. But we're here to talk about episode six of Once Upon a Time, The Shepherd, and TV.com, one of my favorite sites for getting these short little synopsises, has this to say about episode six. While Emma discovers that Graham is lying, David Nolan must choose between his wife and Mary Margaret after he falls in love with the latter. The latter, not a ladder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the fairy tale world, Prince Charming confronts his destiny. What did you guys think of this episode? I loved it. it Best was one so of my far. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like an episode without dragons or with dragons? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The In fact, the opening title scene had a dragon in it yes it did which was the first time i remember actually noticing that there was something different each time it's kind of hard to miss a dragon it is and it might have been the first time too that you heard what was in the title scene oh maybe because you Mm. could hear the dragon's wings flapping and the (gasps) yeah the roar. i missed that i was probably talking (laughs) (laughs) i also really like this i love seeing things where they connect dots for you and that's what this episode is all about connecting dots in at least in fairy tale world well it's not all about that i was gonna say it's not all about that but it definitely does that yeah it's it's a surprise near the end of Mm -hmm. the episode that you suddenly realize that's how or that's how i felt it was like no way that's how it came into this it wasn't just a ring it was a special ring special rings and in fact, it was said that uh, true love follows the ring. But Said ring. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through this episode. First, let's approach this with the fairy tale world. We have, well, we see Prince James there. Battling and, someone that I have nicknamed Huge Scary Brute. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you think when you first saw it, did you think it was actually James? Well, of I course. Did. Yeah. We all did until like the whole spear through the heart thing. Yeah, if like, it looks like a James and it fights like a James, <laughs> must be James. Must be. Actually, it was James. It was James. It was the original James. Yes, yeah. we'll call him Prince James for this. But then the other guys called Prince James. The yeah, other guys called. Oh, because they probably are listening to us before they watch. No, I mean, I mean just for us to be able to distinguish the two Jameses, we'll call him the Shepherd. Yeah, I'm just Shepherd kidding. James and Prince James. <laughs> Twin James, Shepherd James, current James, anything will work. So when I saw that spear par- pierce through Prince James's heart. And pretty much entire chest. Yeah. It was kind of large. Yeah, big hole. It's kind of gross. Actually. And I love when that happens, mark. all the soldiers like, oh no, the prince has been you know stabbed. So they unshield their swords <laughs> and they stare and watch him die. <laughs> uh, they, they pull out their swords and they go, 
Fair enough. <laughs> you just told him, make sure you're really dead next time. Mm-hmm. Next he time, make sure I'm really did. dead. He looks really cocky to me. Like, he stood right in front of the body, man. I know he assumed that he was dead, but why would you turn your back on your foe, even though he was dead? Even if he's dead. He didn't make sure he was really dead, even no. though he'd just given the advice. I always do the double stab. I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, like zombies. Zombies, yeah. if you don't kill a zombie, I mean, don't. You have to like kill something you and make sure it's dead. Otherwise, the thing will get back up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Always do the double well, stab. I, I started thinking, how is this going to happen? I'm, instantly, I'm asking all these questions as the spear is plunging through his chest. I'm wondering, Blah. how do they bring him back? <laughs> how do they resurrect him? Yeah, because, I was thinking it's going to be a miracle. Yeah. I love how... Well, yeah, it does actually sort of seem like it would be a miracle, too, the way that the conversation goes a little bit later on. Yeah, so Rumpelstiltskin shows up. Once again. Yeah, he's like, I'm really thinking we're going to see him involved with every fairy tale. But before we get to Rumpelstiltskin, we... <laughs> As Rumpel, opposed to... Just call him Rumpel. <laughs> Rumpel Periwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a new character. Yes. Tell us about him. Yes, his name is... Is it Midas? Yeah. Oh, yes. And he's got a glowing orange hand that turns things into gold. Which, by the way, uh, where is it? I like what he says. It's probably um, a glowing gold. One of the soldiers hand. goes to take his, his glove off his hand. <laughs> and he says, be careful. Remember what happened to Frederick. <laughs> oh, I missed yes. that somehow. He's now a golden statue in their kingdom. <laughs> this is from Wikipedia. It says, Midas or King Midas is popularly remembered in Greek mythology for his ability to turn everything he touched into gold. And also repair cars. And I thought it was really... Food. This was called <laughs> the Golden Touch or the Midas Touch. I think it's funny looking at that because I frequently get my oil changed at Midas yes. and they have their Midas, <laughs> the Midas Touch Midas courtesy <laughs> inspection. Now... I thought that just meant they touched the car. I thought it was strange that he ended up in fairy tales because he's not like in any way associated with Disney. Is he more mythology? Yeah, Greek mythology. Which is cool because like who else are they going to bring in now? I mean, Hercules was Greek mythology too, wasn't he? Maybe. And Disney actually did that Yeah, they did a a story, but they didn't do a story including Midas. Hmm. Interesting. They should. I mean, I like gold. Maybe. Well, considering the union of the two kingdoms, I'm sure we're going to see Midas again at some point. You know, Midas could potentially produce a lot more wealth than Rumpelstiltskin. So I don't know why everybody does deals with Rumpelstiltskin. They should be going to King Midas, (laughs) except that he might just kill them. True. Whereas Rumpelstiltskin will just ruin your life. So, but at least you're alive. But Rumpelstiltskin Mm. is there to help the king trying somehow or he the king wants prince james brought back and this is a nice really descriptive Mm -hmm. line that rebel stiltskin said how do i bring my son back to slay the dragon bring him back oh no that's out of the question he's dead (laughs) magic can do much but know that but you just said nothing about resurrection so i think we get again the idea Mm -hmm. Resurrection is not going to happen in this series. Death mm-hmm. is final. Yeah. Dead is dead. Magic dead can't dead. do that. <laughs> yeah. And I love Rumpelstiltskin's personality in this episode. <laughs> it really shines through. Yeah. I liked him better yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was him only more so. They're developing his character even further. Yeah. Deciding what they want him to be. It's crazed laughter. I I would dub Rumpelstiltskin as the most intriguing character of the series so far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I would too. He's he's crazy. Connecting. I mean, you can't really get more interesting. <laughs> he's connecting with just about every character. And I really think we're going to see that he is connected to every single character in this. Mm-hmm. Pre-Storybrook, mm-hmm. I believe, yes. The reason he wanted or was offering to help the king in the first place, is he wanted a wand. There's a magic wand, I desire. It belongs to a certain fairy godmother who's patron to your family. I want to know her whereabouts. <laughs> so now we So know. I can kill her! Which I love how 
like you think you know the story of what's going on and then they say oh yeah so this happened before cinderella um when he he obliterated (laughs) (laughs) yes the fairy and now we know why and we know he was like actually hunting for that wand well he did say when he picked it up Mm -hmm. in episode three he did say i got what i wanted Mm, and now we see that he this was a planned thing and he -hmm. somehow got the coordinates (laughs) calling the airstrike to these coordinates interesting that he needed help to find out where she was since he seems to know so much else although how do you find a fairy godmother well now that's true you make a wish (laughs) (laughs) yes apparently he doesn't get to make wishes probably not which this whole conversation was pretty interesting too because the king I mean, I would think by now, granted this is, you know, in the past a little bit, I would think by now that we would have um, people not saying that they would do anything <clears throat> to do a deal with Rumpelstiltskin because that's an open contract. And well, that's because we had we had Emma say that she would owe Rumpelstiltskin a favor or Mr. Gold because it was in the storybook. And now we have the king saying he'll do anything for Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> so that's two open con- contracts that we don't know what Rumpelstiltskin is going to call yet. Well, no. The, when the king said he would do anything, mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin, oh, that's, right. it was that's when fairy. he said, I want to know where the fairy is. That is true. So yeah. that is... That was his price. Done. Finalized. Yeah. Yeah. And we know he gets that payment later on. Mm-hmm. He does. He could have asked for the wand. Did you notice... Or actually, it was one of you guys. I forget who it was, Dan or Jeremy, that pointed out the table in Me. the room. Dan. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, in in this castle, yeah, the same table that they meet castle. in the first episode. Not well, Midas's castle. It's, it's well, uh, the king. Did they give his name? Well, that to makes the king? sense because this is King, whatever his name is, James's father. Mm-hmm. And so if. Yes. No, because remember they brought no, yes, no. They brought yes. the dragon's head into this castle a little bit later and they set it on this table. And well tell we're talking about the table. Tell why it's significant. Well, it's just the table that they all met around when they first were deciding on what to do about the curse. Yeah. And that's when they brought in and they said this is the tree and they introduced the tree to make the wardrobe that can take the baby back in time or, or you know, save the child yeah. from the curse. Um but they were all deciphering around that that table in fact the same room the pillars in the background are the same blue Mm. pillars i looked at different screenshots (laughs) and compared them and you know how i was talking back in episode uh, three or four when it was snow falls um the episode about snow white i mentioned something about the emblem on um, prince charming's man purse (laughs) that emblem is on the table and it's also in the castle. It's throughout the castle. I think that is the castle of King Midas, because that's where they bring the dragon head. And he says, take it to the such and such chamber. And it seems that they are guests in his castle versus King Midas being a guest in their castle. It does seem that way. No, I didn't get that. I just thought maybe bring it back with them. But they're, re- they're uniting their two kingdoms together. So it's there's no reason to think that it isn't later james's castle that they Maybe. all meet in that's what i was thinking but it did it did kind of feel like it was midas's castle but either way Other than and it did have the same symbols i believe in the background as the 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 shield yeah. that was on there the and again do the kingdoms unite because he doesn't marry the nag with a bad attitude <laughs> <laughs> which we get to see a whole lot more of that bad attitude yes. oh man oh she's he's disgusting. the one who slayed the dragon It'll do. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. She's so smug. Mm-hmm. Totally different from the way she is in Storybrooke, though. Yeah. In Storybrooke, she's just so nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> she's the nag with the bad attitude and the smug mug. <laughs> we also get I'm looking to... looking for her name because I wrote it down. Catherine? Abigail. No. Yeah, uh, Abigail. That's it. Abigail. Uh, yes. Yes. In, in Fairytale Land. Yes. I was just going to mention that... Uh, we actually find out that she's very sincere yeah. in her character in Storybrooke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk more about mm-hmm. uh, Storybrooke in just a little bit because we've got a lot of things to point out with that, yeah, too. there's still a dragon to be slayed. Slain. <laughs> yeah. The dragon. <laughs> the <laughs> dragon for a TV show, I thought the dragon was pretty well animated it within was. the TV show. On the so title too. screen, I thought it was a little cheap looking, but in the TV <laughs> show, it was pretty good. It was well enough 
to attract the attention of the viewers. And it was not so amazingly well done where it wouldn't put him under, you know, over budget and cancel the show. <laughs> so it's that good, you know, balance right in between them. Just remember, this isn't Fox, so we don't have to worry about the show being yes. canceled quite as much. We love you, ABC. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Sorry, Fox. The scenery was amazing, which I don't know that that necessarily goes into budget unless it costs a lot to shoot on location like that. But seriously, the farm and the places where various battles were taking place and areas around mm. the castles... I was like, I'll I'll move there. That's I could live there. <laughs> I liked a couple things that came out uh, in, in the conversation as we meet Shepherd James or whatever his name was. I don't think they actually ever said it. It would be really interesting if it was David, as he's called in Storybrook, because <laughs> David Shepherd, the Shepherd, David, yeah, <laughs> who becomes a king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really awesome <laughs> biblical tie-in there. And he was a kind person. Maybe the dragon's name is Goliath. <laughs> <Whoa>. Yeah. <laughs> Could Maybe be. not. No. Although he cut off his head. He did. Well, the other prince tried to kill a giant and kind of succeeded. Kind of, kind failed. of, failed. Kind of failed. I think they both killed each other. It was mutual failure. And then they did success. best out of three. <laughs> <laughs> so the... The shepherd, James, then has this nice line that when his mother is trying to match him up with some girl, he says, as poor as we are, love is the one thing I can afford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Yeah. That he he realizes marriage is not just something to do to try and get money. Which it's, it's interesting, too, that even though we didn't really get a huge um, background story of his other brother that we do see a huge contrast between the two of them where the other brother seemed to love to excel and to honor his father's wishes and becoming the most powerful and getting the gold. Um, and then this other brother who wasn't grown up in that type of environment seems to be, have a lot more interest in things that actually really matter. Do you think that James was interested in the fame? Because when Rumpelstiltskin came to him and started talking, he said this, you do this, your poor mother, well, the king is going to make sure she never wants for anything ever again. Your farm will be saved. And you, should you survive, <laughs> you shall come home, the conquering hero. I think he was more concerned about his mother. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because and it was nice that he wasn't, um, he also wasn't a total pansy, like can be done in some stories like the one's brave and the other one's just a pansy and he has to try to, and he bumbles through everything. He doesn't know what to do. He wasn't a Ken and Barbie type of guy. He was more <laughs> <laughs> the twin that we now know as James just kind of stepped up. He was no less brave. He didn't have any experience, but he just did it. Mm-hmm. I think a strong theme in this episode is also choice. Yeah. About choosing what's right or making a choice and having the freedom to choose that choice. Even Stiltskin pointed this out of all people. I don't have a choice, do I? Oh, everyone has a choice, dearie. Just make sure it's the right one. He mm. calls everybody dearie. <laughs> Even a man. I thought that was kind of awkward. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. Deary. Uh, no. I'm going to practice the laugh, too. Uh, do it. Do it now. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> so it, it was kind of a relief to know that after that sort of shocking scene with prince james's death it was a relief to know the one that we've been seeing the whole rest of the series is actually the twin that we ended up with it wasn't the first it was like with. what is happening <laughs> that we ended up with yes <laughs> it's always been the leftovers i mean what no which makes me wonder about things like when we see james fighting on the troll bridge what kind of level of skill did he have because shepherd james was not a sword fighter he did He's all right. Warrior, but yeah, he did all right. <laughs> I think he had dragon. some kind of knowledge. It was more his wit. Which, didn't they jump back to Storybrooke right after he slayed the dragon? Oh. Because he sl- he slid- slayed the dragon. Oh, yes. And then you see, I, I don't know if you want to stay in fairy tale world. That's there, okay. I, I, I know why we're making this. Go ahead. Yeah. What's your. What's your um, oh, basically, just there? that Mary Margaret was opening a letter. 
and she has this <laughs> yes. gold sword letter opener, which I thought was very <laughs> clever for them to transition like that. And we've always seen or frequently seen Mary Margaret wearing a necklace, which we've realized is a sword. No, no, it was a but key. It's a key. Has yes. it always been a key? Well, I don't know. No, remember it was a the sword. first few ep- episodes? <laughs> episodes. It was a sword because we all thought it was a cross. And now it's a key. So do you think it's chained? Like she's wearing different ones? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Now she's wearing a key. Let's get screenshots. Yeah. She's a woman. She's got lots of jewelry. (laughs) But they're all medieval. Oh, (laughs) she wasn't the jewelry type in the fairy fairy tale. That is true. And now she is. Like she's wearing earrings. Minimal jewelry. Well, she did try on that ring, which I think changed her mind. (laughs) Which that, the thing about the ring, goes i think amazing connection here of when james's shepherd james's mom gave him the ring just because you don't know her doesn't mean you won't grow to love her true love follows this ring wherever it goes my son could that ring be magical i think that would be the implication i need that ring (laughs) (laughs) because remember when snow white put it on just so nonchalantly and she Mm -hmm. held it up and then James could see it. He was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that was, he was the ring's magic. but <laughs> He was more thinking like, don't take it off. Keep it on. <laughs> yeah. Do our vows right here in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool to see then how James got to be engaged to the nag with the bad attitude. And how <laughs> yes. he got the ring and was carrying it. And those connections that they made. Some people, I think, might say that they try to be too obvious in showing you the little man purse that he had the ring in and all of that. But I think it was fine. It was nice to see that. Too obvious that. when? Like in the as they wrapped up the episode? Right. Yeah, it kind of tied the the earlier episode yeah. where he had that and he was in the carriage and I thought it was a nice tie-in. Yeah, it had been a month since they showed it. I think I don't think they overdid it at all. As it, soon it was as a he- nice reminder yeah, as soon as he said, let's take the scenic route, I realized, whoa, <laughs> that's right then. Do we want to, can I say something about that part? Because yeah, it's no. later on in the show, but <laughs> I liked how, um, oh, where is it now? I'm looking at my notes. Basically, I bolded it too. Where are, okay. Um, it says, smile, son, you are on the road to true love. That's what the king says. <laughs> yes. And then right after they you know, take the scenic route, and the soldier says, halt, there is something in the road. And just the idea of the road being connected like that and that oh. the road <laughs> led to Snow White. Yeah, and, and you see Snow White crouching in a tree. Yeah, I love the connections in this in this episode, in the series. and Oh, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. It was such a great tie-in. When we first saw that scene, it was tense and dramatic. But now it's kind of just pleasant music and we see Snow White up in a tree smiling and we know what's about to happen <laughs> yeah. and it's good. <laughs> they give it to us in nice little bites. I like it. Mm-hmm. I I really liked this episode, the way that they took fairy tale land and made those connections. I loved that. Before we move mm-hmm. on, I just want to say I think the king is despicable. I think he's greedy, mm. oh, yes. and I think yeah. he's he's taking advantage of how how um, Shepherd the what's his name James James now Shepherd <laughs> Shepherd James like his unfortunate circumstances like he had no control over his brother and that his brother died and mm. he yes. has no control over his life right now. And the King is totally taking advantage of that. You could tell too, like the now James, you know, didn't know his brother. And he said to the soldiers, you know, he asked about his brothers, like, you know, was, was my brother a good, a good warrior or, um, mm. and just like trying to dive into the past that he has never been acquainted with. Mm-hmm. I think the only people who know the truth behind James is his mom and those soldiers that died at the breath of the dragon. We can call him Trogdor. They didn't all die. He (laughs) saved one or two. That's right. He saved the one guy. I think the rest of them did die. But maybe it's only those three people that really know the truth. Yeah, Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin Mm -hmm. knows everything. And the king. Hopefully he told Snow White. (laughs) <laughs> not really right. you know though. everyone says i am <laughs> yes so call that, me James. that could explain how he's so beloved by everyone so quickly oh that, uh, that reminds me of talking about his sword skills a guy from 
a shepherd. Where did he learn to throw a sword like we saw in the pilot episode? <laughs> it's probably not something you do too often with sheep. Oh, that. You have to defend sheep. Well, you yeah. have a sling and you throw. Well, and we... yeah, there's also like a stick with the club. Like it has like a rock tied to it and they can use that to beat wild well, animals. Well, we don't really know much about Shepherd James. Like all we know about him is he's a shepherd. We didn't see anything about his upbringing or anything. He might have already known how to use the sword. True. True. Maybe he's seen combat in some way maybe because especially the way i'm thinking back to the pilot episode now especially the way he defended baby emma Mm -hmm. yeah he was amazing swordsman while holding a baby (laughs) that was pretty he did get his arm you know like braised yeah Yeah. we had had a a few years as prince by then right yeah well maybe not a few we don't know how long it was between now and when he actually officially I'm thinking about one Snow year. Maybe everybody in fairytale land, every man is born knowing how to sword fight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Didn't we have the question? I don't know if we said it in the podcast, but we were curious as to where the seven dwarves fit into the timeline because they yeah. were with her when he woke her up, obviously in the coffin, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. clearly he'd met her previously. So who knows how much time still again. Well, this, maybe we can answer this by knowing the fairy tale, the snow white fairy tale. When, remember there was the huntsman, or the, the hunter, whatever. It was the huntsman. Yeah, yeah huntsman, right. that went after Snow White. Mm-hmm. Did he find her before or after the seven dwarves? Wait a minute. He didn't find her. He took her to the woods. Oh. oh. He so, took he so took her was... to the woods to kill her. Then he had mercy on her and he oh, spared right. her. And then she went and she found the seven dwarves house okay so that seven dwarves that still dwarves. doesn't answer it then because in snow falls snow white does mention the huntsman mm-hmm. but she never mentions the dwarves so maybe we still have yet to, i okay fairy tale we definitely have yet to see the seven dwarves that's true the, that's gonna be something well a moment yeah that whole Seven Dwarves and Snow White. That's probably, that's a major plot point to just the fairy tale story. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to show that to Even us. in Storybrooke, we've only seen like Leroy and Patrick, I think, the uh, Grumpy and Sleepy. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember Sleepy's name. Yeah, those two. I said Sleepy and Jeremy yawns. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quiet yawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anything else then from Fairy Tale Land that we wanted to cover before moving on? I think we're ready to enact the curse. Okay. <laughs> I need your heart. Oh, dang. wait, what? <laughs> well, I want to try Jeremy's heart. first. It's supposed to be the most. <laughs> oh, you're going to try mine first. <laughs> That's not going to be good enough. Oh. Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> right. This. <laughs> what? I don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> this episode is so far only the second episode out of six that starts in Storybrooke. Episode two started in Storybrooke because it's right after the clock started mm-hmm. moving. So we see that again and picks up the story there. And then this episode six starts in Storybrooke with David being welcomed home. There's a great conversation that happens inside between Emma and Henry about David. You know why he doesn't remember? The curses aren't working on him yet. Henry, David has amnesia. Which is preventing the curse from replacing his fairy tale story with fake memories. This is why you can't argue with kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute about it. And brilliant. Yeah. I think it does make a lot of sense. And we've theorized on this. And Jeremy, go ahead and say again what you said to me before we recorded this. How? Oh, right. How I thought you were going to spoil things in the last episode? Yes. Now, uh, let me first uh, give an explanation here today explain yourself (laughs) when we watched this episode jenny and i watched it once today before dan and jeremy came over it was the first time we'd seen it yeah our first time so we're in unknown territory jenny and i so we saw this episode for the first time today then we watched it a second time with you guys so when we recorded about episode five i'd never seen episode six right so then but dan and i had almost mm-hmm. two weeks ago or whatever it's what been was so it that long was said? well daniel started theorizing about why david's 
why the curse wasn't affecting David or why he didn't have the false memories. And I'm sitting over here motioning and making, I'm mouthing to him, be careful. Like I thought he was about to give oh, spoilers from episode six, well, not you, remembering that he hadn't seen it. You had <laughs> mentioned that you wondered why she had no pictures of her and David together, Catherine. Yeah. And we saw some today. Which we did. Yeah. Which oh, that's interesting. Yeah, she had pictures, but the thing was, um, in the pictures, he had cropped, like, not crops, but he had really, like, like short hair. And mm. she said that... Um, he didn't like that the he did. Hair. He thought it was itchy, like, long hair was itchy. That's what he used to say mm-hmm. before he had amnesia. He had long hair as a shepherd. But even now, it's longer. And he's like, I guess it grew while I was in there. Yeah. And they left it trailing with, <laughs> so like, dot, you, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, then? He's saying that... You think it was his other brother? No, no because she hadn't met him. They were created by the curse. Well, it's interesting too. Like once, I mean, you ever, the listeners have already seen this episode, so you understand that when he starts to being filled with the false memories, that that's when is that when the photos? No, the photos came before that, didn't they? Right, the yes. photos were near the beginning of mm. this episode. Yeah, I'm wondering how she got those if he woke up. Well, I think the the thing about the photos and the memories, David's brother is not even a part of this i yeah. think yeah. he's not no, a part he of never, this at abigail all had never met the real james right and so there's no um, reason for oh. abigail or uh, Catherine and storybrook to in any way have any kind of connection with david's brother because david's brother was dead before the long before the yeah. Dead is dead. Yeah. yeah so i think that all of these things that we see the memories and now even this evidence, the photos, that's all just part of this curse. It's the the fake things that people remember. To keep to keep Prince Charming away from Snow White. Yeah. Or David away from Mary Margaret. It's so sad. It's so sad. But Henry, in that same conversation, Henry goes on with his theory of what they have to do. And he makes, again, he makes a brilliant point. We just have to get him to remember that he's, he's Prince Charming. We just have to jog his memory by getting him and Miss Blanchard together. Didn't we just try that? And it woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. It, it seems hopeless, though, because, because there's evidence that they're married. So it would be wrong for him. To get together with Mary Margaret Blanchard. I really like to, because he said before on the walk, he mentioned that what was real to him was he and Mary Margaret. Yeah. But now when he, his memories came back, he looked saddened that they memories, came back. Memories, quote unquote. Memories. Right. The memories. <laughs> yes. And, and just the idea of when he approaches her again in the woods, he honors his marriage despite the fact that he has different feelings, but he honors his commitment before, which yeah. definitely yeah. shows his character, That's same character honorable. he showed to save his mother back in um, Fairy Tale mm-hmm. World. And I, especially since getting married, or since even getting engaged with Jenny a while back, and now being married, I get a lot more upset when I see TV shows or movies or whatever just throw out the specialness of marriage mm-hmm. and the, the covenant and everything. And so this episode, I I really like that he's wanting to do the right thing, yeah. but also we have to realize that what he perceives as the right thing is actually a deception because he mm-hmm. never really was married to Catherine. So it's nice that he's doing what would be right if this was the real world, mm-hmm. but it's not. Right. What it is. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out mm-hmm. because it's just going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. <laughs> that was a profound interesting. <laughs> the Regina and Catherine are kind of an interesting pair. Yeah. And, and they start forming a friendship. Well, Especially I think Catherine starts forming the friendship with Regina and maybe not the other way around. <laughs> maybe, but Regina's all walking in the kitchen and being like, you should go out there. And well, she's I mean, not that nice, but definitely <laughs> trying to keep Mary Margaret and David apart. Yeah, but listen to what Regina said in the kitchen. I lost someone once too. Really? Yes. But the love I lost, there's no bringing him back. And then when Catherine walks out and says something about whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. you have a friend in me. Mm-hmm. 
then you see the camera switches back to Regina's face, and she looks genuinely touched yeah. by that. I think she... See, that's interesting that we all get different impressions, too. I felt more like she felt guilty mm-hmm. inside, because I think it clearly shows that she has been trying to, you know, the whole thing of the, the bad directions to get um, the guy with many names. <laughs> David. <laughs> David, Yes. Uh, David to go down the wrong place and then get lost and go to Mr. Goldhouse. The whole thing that she speaks of, um, she's always manipulative. And I think that she felt guilty inside just a little bit in the sense that she's she knows that she's playing this up. It confuses me that Regina talks of a him. And we have yet to know who him is. <laughs> oh, I was thinking true. like a him, H-Y-M-N. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the line where she says, I lost someone once too, but the love I lost, there's no bringing him back. Mm-hmm. And we have yet to meet him. Did she say him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did. She I did catch did. that, but. Cha. This is why it's good Cha. to have Jenny with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the big questions yeah. that's been lurking in the background is Who was what it? exactly happened between Snow White and the Queen before anything that we've seen. Why was Snow White wanted you know, in, on the wanted poster? Yeah. In mm. the fairy tale, it was just that the queen was jealous of Snow White's beauty. Like there was no man in the fairy tale. Yeah, so there's it, something it else here. Me. The queen was going to get married. She told Maleficent. Yeah. Or they, they talked about it. Maybe there is some kind of thing where they're taking the fairy tale that we know and filling in gaps by saying the reason why the queen was so upset that there was someone prettier than she was is because hmm. her to-be-wed person, maybe, <laughs> because he wanted to marry the most beautiful woman. And maybe it was like a kind of Queen Esther sort of thing from the Bible. where a fairy tale pageant? Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> most beautiful one gets to marry the king. Isn't he shallow if that's the case? Yeah. Maybe this I is... don't think that's exactly how it's going to play out. <laughs> it's just the thought. I'm not even going to say it's a legitimate theory. <laughs> it makes me think of the same scenario in Storybrooke where the queen is sleeping with uh, Sheriff Graham and she... At one point, she says, you're a high school crush, and she's talking about Emma, so maybe she's becoming jealous of Emma for the same reason that she was jealous of Snow White. Hmm. That's one thing. Or she's just a jealous person. she's just jealous. (laughs) I think makes makes me question more, who is Sheriff Graham? Yeah. Like, we've been going on this thing of maybe he's a wolf, like the big bad wolf, especially there's a spot when... In the beginning, when he asks Emma to go on night shift, which, by the oh, that way... that wasn't at the beginning, was it? Yeah, it was, it it was, was somewhere. Maybe, yeah. 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 Remember when I said no night shifts? I need you to work tonight. Just this once. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that, too. Sounds all too familiar. Why? <laughs> but what he explains that he has to do... I volunteer at an animal shelter, and the supervisor's sick, and someone needs to feed the dogs. <laughs> I want to meet these dogs. Like, feed the dogs. The dogs are just creepy. <laughs> well, oh. it, That's it his is, excuse. It is funny that he says, feed the dogs, and if he's <laughs> actually the big bad wolf, I think it's just an interesting I'm drawing a blank, maybe. though, because... The wolf didn't feed the dogs. He the wolf the dog. fed himself. But it's Might a have connection. Been but he, two dogs. He did, you know, and he brings the donuts. I love how he said, "Yes, some cliches are true." <laughs> policemen <laughs> yes, and donuts. Policemen and, donuts. <laughs> and um, and then also he gives her a bear claw. She chooses the bear claw. Does she choose it? She chose yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah. This this episode's all about choices. Yes, that is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't make that connection either. Maybe he put it on top, so it's sort of like a he <laughs> was trying to get box. her to choose it. I didn't make the connection between bear claw, wolf, and dogs well, I just like you guys did. Bear claw <laughs> being in the woods earlier when he was looking for um, John Doe, and they're trying to find him. He said, "This, this is, is my world." Yes, this is my world. So I don't know the bear claw. I just thought animal. I'm just wondering if there's some type of connection between that and who Sheriff Graham really is. I still don't know who he is. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but then. As we go on, we see this thing, and Dan mentioned it earlier, when Regina 
leads David down the wrong road to get back to trying to rendezvous with um, with uh, Snow White, Mary Margaret. Mm-hmm. And it takes him to the pawn shop, and he walks in. Seems Miss Mills has led you astray. <laughs> you think the mayor would know her own town? One would think. He Uh-oh. says it so frequently. Reading yeah, between he's not, the lines. He's not even looking at him when he says one would think. That hmm. whole back and forth with David and Mr. Gold inside the antique shop. Very, very interesting. I loved it because I definitely feel this 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 part of David that is torn because when you when he first walks in, he starts looking at the glass unicorns mm-hmm. that were above Emma's um, cradle in fairy tale world. So he starts to just get this glimpse of who he really is. And that's when Mr. Gold interrupts him. And Mr. Gold even offers to bring it down for him. Mm-hmm. Give it to him. He likes, or, <laughs> well, Rumpelstiltskin loves choices. So it definitely like offers it to him, but there was something in that whole thing. I don't know if you have the sound clip about the windmill. He, he, um, yeah, when David sees the windmill and he asks, I think he asked how long it had been there. And it was like, Mr. Gold started to say one thing. And then he's like, it's been there. It's been collecting dust forever. And I, it was like, he meant seriously, as long as this existence has been, it's been here in the shop. It was never in that yard. That was never your past. It's like, he's kind of, oh, yeah. not that he wants him to know, but he's, he pretty clearly knows what's going on. I'm still not sure about Regina. I'm wondering, is he willingly doing this? Because here's what I think is happening inside the antique shop. Is there something about the windmill that then puts the memories inside of David? Not reminds Hmm. him, but puts the memories. Because the way he spins the windmill and just watches it, it Mm -hmm. looks like he gets hypnotized by it. And when... When David it looks like says, he's suddenly brainwashed. Yeah. And when David says something about, like, I remember or I think I did own this, Mr. Gold has a very slight sideways grin. Are you sure? Is that what he asked? <laughs> and, and then he just kind of grins a little. Like, he knows something. Or, this is my other thought, is maybe he's doing this against his will. Maybe he is using magic. I felt reluctance. Something in his performance, I felt reluctance about the whole thing. Kind of like he was saying as much as he could without coming right out and saying stuff he couldn't say, maybe. Well, since he has stuff from both um, David's real life and the fake life, like maybe he has the power to persuade them either way. Could Hmm. be, yeah. But it, like Jeremy said, reluctance, or it felt like he just didn't want to do it in some way, or that he was happy about some kind of accomplishment, like he was happy that his mm. magic was taking effect. Mm. Well, it's I, don't, I don't know if there's magic. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if he, there's magic. His magic before that we originally get introduced to is the whole idea of for, for seeing the future. Um, so he did have that like power, superpower, as Emma would put it. And then he needs the magic wand. I almost feel like he's trying to slowly take the power from the queen. Could be. I don't know if it's slowly. I'm not so sure that he's I, not kind of the one. I feel like subtly. he's, he's going to be the one to be. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. I think he's the enemy. I Yeah, I still think he's the enemy. I think the queen, he likes giving the queen fake control you know and he can still say to her blah 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 blah, please and she has to abide by it all so he has control over the queen even though he hasn't really shown that control so much except just in a you know a little innocent way so he really has ultimate control especially with the wand and whatever else was in that safe that we don't know about we think it was the contract that cinderella was Mm -hmm. trying to take so yeah i i agree with jeremy all the way that he is the one to beat. now in the antique shop by the way, stuff was moved around. It was in different positions from before. Like in last episode, I mentioned that in front of the puppets in the antique shop, we also saw a little genie lamp. 
And I wondered if maybe we'd see mm-hmm. Aladdin. Well, we see that lamp again, but it's in a different place in one the of, shop. One of our listeners last time said, oh, are we going to have a cameo of Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> also, Minnie Mouse. I saw Minnie Mouse in, in the shop. In this episode? In the shop, yes. Oh, wow. But, which we've seen the Minnie Mouse doll in the shop before. I have yet to oh, see it wasn't that, that's Minnie where Mouse's. It was. it was in a different position. Hmm. Also, the windmill in a different position. A lot of things were in different positions from before. I think that probably... Even with all that we see going on, Mr. Gold gets bored, and he probably <laughs> rearranges his antique shop once in a while. <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting that it's an antique shop, because they're in a place with false history, and what is more historical in an average town than an antique shop? I think I think those items give him power, like not like magical power. I think maybe... Some kind. I think yeah. maybe he has more knowledge of both worlds well think about having all those items i think i think he does jiminy cricket left some of his items um he got the names of people yes so i mean as i think we mentioned before he probably has the names of each one of those people maybe he has things from emma with the the unicorns he has the windmill i wonder i don't know i'm thinking he's maybe Mm. grabbing certain things from each person in the town and that's how he can sort of gain control. By the way, that and that's coming from last episode, episode five, that still small voice. Mm-hmm. We never saw what was in that bag that Jiminy brought to Rumpelstiltskin. And we never knew what the names were to whom the items belonged. Mm-hmm. True. That could be a plot point that we'll see later. Oh, could be maybe he collected stuff. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe he collected stuff because he saw this coming. Could be. He, he did, sees everything coming. We, he hasn't. Yeah. They haven't reminded us that he foresees the future. And that's good. If they want to tie everything all together, that could be a good place to tie it in. We, If we later see what was stolen and from... Yeah, <laughs> if he knows who he is, then he's going to... Um... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> I think with, with all those items, I know I keep saying this, but I think he has the power to to see to to allow people to remember who they are having all the items i think he could mm, very possibly so do you so think that gives him power over regina mm-hmm. he could he could he could like threaten her because he has that power if she knows who she is and every magic has its price <laughs> and i think every curse has its antidote it's it's reversal so if he's the one if if from what we know so far he's the originator <laughs> of the curse then he he could already be performing the reversal, which then he has ultimate power. I think David also could have remembered everything, who he is, Prince Charming and all of that, if he had gotten the unicorns. If he had purchased the unicorns and not the windmill, <laughs> he would did, have remembered everything. You have to wonder, how did Regina know to send him there? How did, how did Regina know that he would... Mm. He would remember, quote-unquote, remember his past. Maybe Rumpelstiltskin said, Regina, can you please direct? (laughs) Or or Regina asked him, because like I said, or Jeremy and I were talking about, is some reluctance or it looked like he wasn't doing this of his own accord. Maybe Regina ordered him to do this and said, I'm going, if he comes into his shop, I want you to do this. Yeah, maybe she does know who she is. Maybe. <laughs> or, I don't know why that or, disappoints me. <laughs> then again, Regina probably wouldn't just outright tell him to put the curse on him. Maybe that's his own choice. I think he planned. But then why did Regina tell him to go to... If they do both know, they certainly try not to let the other know that they know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have said to her, hey, if you don't want, if you want them to be together and you want him to stay away from Mary Margaret, send him to my shop and I can deal with it. Maybe. That's all he yes. has to say. Maybe he made a deal. And then put please at the end of it. Please. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Good point. Because, I mean, you tell Regina that if she does something, she's going to have more power or get, get her way, then she's going to be all, you know, all over that and definitely comply. Does he want the curse to stay in effect? Well, he has lots of power in Storybrooke. Maybe he does. He has a good life. He got what he asked for in dealing with the queen. He has a good life. He has power. Maybe and he... originally when he asks hmm. to have power and everything, um, Regina says, you know, or Evil Queen at the time, because it's in the fairy brook time, uh, fairy, t- <laughs> fairy tale, fairy tale world. Yes. Um, you know, the whole idea where he says what he wants and Regina's like, uh, Queen's like, uh, well, you're not going to remember this anyway. And he's like, oh, then what's the harm? 
Here's another way of bought it. (laughs) Here's another Mm -hmm. way of looking at all the stuff that he has in his pawn shop. Maybe you know how um, how Henry found the little shard of glass and how Regina kind of recognized it. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, Mr. Gold is hoarding all the objects that could possibly remind people of who they really are, so they won't be reminded. Maybe. Which could we be. still believe that Henry has that glass in his back in his backpack? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All you'd have to do is show it to Prince Charming or Snow White. Mm-hmm. It might give Mary Margaret pause. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Mary pause. Margaret, she got hit on in this episode. Oh man, I just call him Doctor Creeper. <laughs> All Dr. through my notes, Whale. he's Doctor Creeper. And there's no way, like. His last, well, the first date that they had together, there's no way he could redeem himself yeah, just by saying those few lines and getting her a drink. Yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. That's maybe why she asked for two drinks. Oh. Which yes. would make Which... drinks number two and three. So let's just hope they're not getting together. It really disgusted me what he said to her. He was like, if you, like, oh, what did he say? He said something like, if you can get over it, you know where to find me or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, oh. And david said something similar you know where to find me so it's like she knows where to find two guys that are willing to go out with her <laughs> yeah so she had to make a decision anything else that we want to talk about from storybook time uh we kind of skipped over a little bit when emma was talking to mary margaret kind of in the middle when mary margaret was going uh should i do this should I, what should i do what should i do mm-hmm. and Emma had some pretty good advice. And I mean, until he left Catherine, she had good advice, which was he's married. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you play a sound clip? I'm no. forgetting already. There was, she mentioned, um, well, at first she mentions that she sort of changes her mind, but and- then it was at the police station when Mary Margaret came in and said, uh, he's left Catherine. Right. And that's what you're talking about, right, Jeremy? That then Emma is like so supportive now that Yeah, that that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Um she did say they they keep coming up with these little nuggets in the middle of these conversations that I love, and she said, If you think something you want to do is wrong, it is. I was mm-hmm. looking for that quote, I couldn't find it, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Which is kind of in the theme of conscience again. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that I noticed there was a canoe in the pawn shop, oh, yes. and it made me think of Pocahontas, so I'm really excited. <laughs> there was a canoe on the lake, too, when um, Mary and David were t- are discussing. Well, outside. you don't know if it's a canoe or not. Pocahontas could be an awkward fairy tale, since that's a true story. Not the Disney version, really, but oh, yeah, they're historical figures. They got it wrong, though. They got the story wrong. So maybe those Disney. characters could come <laughs> Maybe they'll get it right this time. <laughs> They'll just come out of history. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Disney made a movie about you. You got sucked along through the curse with everybody else. <laughs> it's the Disney curse. <laughs> the Disney curse. Oh, yeah. wow. Maybe the toys would come, come to life, too, then. <laughs> yeah, cars, too. Oh, one more thing I wanted to point out. Whenever Mary Margaret um, asks for two drinks, she accepts the drinks from Dr. Whale. I think she accepted two drinks because she was... She was inviting Dr. Whale to stay and have a drink with her. Hmm, I think I, one of you had a different opinion. I had a different opinion. I think she wants them both. <laughs> yeah, basically he had mentioned that he always does things unexpected. And that's how he's able to, you know, get over the whole idea when things just don't go the right way. He just always does what's unexpected. Hey, that could be like so, a clue to who he really is. But she throws it back mm. at him and says, okay, fine, I'll have two drinks because that's unexpected. And now you have to pay twice as much. I just uh, thought it was more like stepping on his toes with his own comment. I think she was just finally getting over um, David and just admitting to herself that it was hopeless and she was never going to get him, even though she felt for him. I think she was just... End of story. Maybe he he was the rebound guy. (laughs) It's funny that you say it might be a clue to who he really is because I hate him so much that I forgot he's anybody Uh, and that he has to be somebody from a fairy tale. He's such a jerk. I just... Yeah, he has... He's two-dimensional to me. Although... I like it when, I mean, I, I can definitely see later on that even though he is such a jerk, that'll actually make him into a nicer guy. Yeah, he seemed nicer. How about lost references from this episode? There are, well, there's one thing that I caught, and I know, Dan, you caught something else, and I've mm-hmm. got this on my list. A thing I caught is the dartboard in the police office. 
It was behind Sheriff Graham and behind Mary Margaret when they were talking to Emma. There was a dartboard back there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it. You can't really read the numbers, but I looked at an, an official dartboard and looked at the score <laughs> placements because it's Don't supposed tell to me it had stone. something this time because I looked at it so many times in episode one. And oh, my. <laughs> there it. was a four and an eight. With and then a bunch of other, them, or? yes, with darts in. I was going to say it had these numbers on the dartboard. <laughs> Wait, are those the only darts in it, or did no? It have darts? There, there are six darts in uh, it, and the uh, other four darts are in other nonsense numbers, like nonsense numbers. Ten, uh, ten, three, and seven were two others. Um, the sixth one, I couldn't distinguish where it was because it was hard to oh. tell with the shadow whether it was on one number or the other. Well, let's move on to the sore thumbs of the lost references. <laughs> Alan Dale was in this episode as. As Prince James's and the twins, mm-hmm. who is now Prince James. Yeah, you know who His I mean. Father. His father. And he played Widmore in Lost. Oh, yes. That's where else I saw him. Which probably ties in with your Lost reference, I'm assuming. No. No. Okay. He does always play a very evil man. The McCutcheon? I was going to mention, which I like yours, because it's obvious and I forgot to even think about that. Um, the idea that one of, on the wall in the diner is Mary and Regina are talking. The time is 8.23. Oh, yes. Mm. But my other lost reference ties in with my first one, so I'm going to say it before Go ahead. we're out of time. The uh, whiskey, is it, mm-hmm. that Mary, Margaret, and Emma were drinking was McCutcheon, which is what Widmore had. I mean, it came up some other times in Lost, but um, it was it was prominent when Widmore's character was around on Lost especially, and since Alan Dale played Widmore and was in this episode, they tied those two references together. Also, the whole dead is dead clause reiterated still just is reminiscent of Lost. The the, the McCutcheon, was that the name of the beer? Yes, it's Whiskey. Whiskey. Someone had actually emailed in a picture of that as well for us, and I'm trying to find out who that was because they heard that we were doing this and they'd listened to a couple episodes I think that we did live or something and sent in but I cannot find it so whoever that was that sent that to us I'm sorry I can't mention you but someone did send us a picture of that as a lost reference oh very nice good job and we'll have (laughs) pictures of this and other stuff in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash six when you go to oncepodcast.com, or let me rephrase that, go to oncepodcast.com <laughs> and please make sure that you're subscribed so that you can get each of these episodes automatically as we release them. And we will be completely caught up starting with episode eight. And Jeremy, you want to mention a couple news items as well concerning Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Right. The first is that if you have not been watching since the beginning you'll be able to catch up soon if not already by the time you hear this because full seasons are going to be made available for streaming online and we can post a link to the information on that in the show notes also as of december 2nd and i don't know i often discount these ratings somewhat because who knows how they're deciding but it is nice to hear it said that once upon a time was at that point the highest rated new drama and also the ratings as of just with well as of today actually this article came out um they've you know they've last week i guess they showed episode 7 last week as of the time we're recording this and that's the last episode being aired in 2011 and the ratings are very good 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 so and we know that this has been renewed for a full season so i think we're well it's scheduled for a full yeah. season it's on the um how did they phrase it? The likely renewal list for ABC. Like and, be, likely renewal meaning beyond a, a single series or a single beyond season. the initial twenty-two episodes that they are scheduled for. Awesome. So, listeners, we would love to hear your feedback on all of these things that we've talked about, or the many things I'm sure we've missed. And we want to incorporate your feedback into future episodes. So even if it's right after you watch an episode and you see something that you you so want to tell someone about and you don't have anyone to talk about with Once Upon a Time or you want to tell us about it, please do. You can email us, either written or audio feedback. Email it to us, feedback at oncepodcast.com. 
or you can call it into our voicemail line. Put this on your phone, and you can call this in like right after the episode <laughs> or during commercial breaks or whenever you want. And when you're stuck in traffic and you have that epiphany about <laughs> once upon a time. While you're listening to our podcast or in the middle of the night, whatever, don't worry, it won't wake us up. <laughs> you can call 903-231-2221 and leave your message there. And again, get the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash six. We really appreciate your being a part of this community and catching the many things that we don't catch. And we look forward to incorporating your feedback. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jenny Lewis. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. Jeremy Laughlin. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Fleegon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And Dan Flynn, you can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And we'll have all of those links, including to the official show Twitter over at oncepodcast.com. And we're on Twitter as Once Podcast. So you can follow us and follow the show on its own. So remember, everyone has a choice, dearie. Just make sure it's the right one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx. Okay, episode seven. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs>